This is AA Beyond Belief, the podcast, episode 97. Can the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous be enforced? Can AA groups or AA members be punished for not conforming? Can special purpose groups within Alcoholics Anonymous affiliate with each other and build websites to list their meetings? Join me as I talk with Ben S., the General Service Representative of the Many Paths Group in Urbana, Illinois, and Joe C. from Rebellion Dogs Radio. Joe and Ben, how you doing? Uh, greetings, by the way, from Victoriaville, Quebec. I'm at the Eastern Canada Regional Forum uh, with uh, Martin of the uh, International Secular AA Conference Committee from Kingston. We're here sort of, it's a bilingual uh, conference and we're speaking secular. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, Ben, of course, is from Urbana. How you doing, Ben? Yeah. Doing good. It's raining a little bit. Uh, but that just cools it off because it's been very hot. I just I was just in Urbana not that long ago. I guess it was towards the end of July, and I got to meet you and other people from your group. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out. Um, it helped, and it felt good just to feel like we had some outside support. <laughs> well, um, I've been a good friend of Doris's for a long time, and we kind of visit each other. So um, it was just have happened to, that you know your your district meeting was going on at the time, and so that was really interesting. So. We're here today to talk about your group and a little controversy that recently developed with your district, which I found kind of interesting because usually these controversies that I'm aware of happen with intergroups and not necessarily with the district. And I found that kind of interesting. But why don't we start a little bit by, you know, introducing your group, uh, Mini Paths. Um, I think it started about in 2015, about a year after we started our group in KC. Is that right, Ben? Do you recall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We started in February 2015, I think. And um, I've been part of it for most of that. And okay. it's a nice little uh, free thinker, atheist, agnostic, flavored group. You don't have to be atheist to be there. Urbana is a college town. It's pretty liberal. And so I think there was just a need for that sort of group where a lot of people wanted to start it. And we've grown a good amount. Now we have two meetings a week. Yeah. And uh, you've always been pretty connected with your district, I believe. And you've had, um, I think Doris was a GSR at one time. And then um, you're the GSR now. Cope was the GSR prior to you. Um, is that right? Have you guys always been pretty active with your district? Yeah, pretty active, I think. I think uh, some of it was more earlier, like just sitting and like listening and bringing information back to the group. Um, and it wasn't until more recently, I think last winter, when we were letting people more know, especially when we started our second meeting. Yeah. And so we're, and so that was about a year ago. Like, hey, we're growing. We're starting a second meeting. Uh-huh. And I think that uh, created a little more like, oh, yeah. Many paths exist. And I think that's actually something we still struggle with is and maybe one of the reasons that we had our little snafu with district is we sort of maybe do feel like a separate entity from the rest of this recovery community in town. And I'd like to work to fix that. I would want it to be like there's more crossover between the members of many paths and the rest of the AA groups in town. 
and, and to not feel like this separate thing. How does it feel to be separate? Why do you feel like you're somehow separate? Well, I think maybe one of the reasons is when I realized like not a lot of people even knew what Many Paths was. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I think when people started to learn about it, it came in this way. I, sh- I should give some backstory that basically there was a little bit of confusion about what Many Paths was. And then it came down to we were on the online meeting list for secularaa.com. And that was the main point of contention was like, can you be on uh, this website's meeting list? And is that an outside affiliation? And so we were removed from our district's meeting list for a couple months while that was all figured out. The end result was we took ourselves off the secular A meeting list. But I think because that doesn't quite paint the whole picture and and more of it was like, wait, who is this group? And uh, some confusion about like, really, they've been here for three years and oh, they're an AA group in town. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think maybe one of the things that I learned was that then that it was because of this separation feeling. So it wasn't even just me who felt separate. Right. I think it was more like the rest of the AA community here. I think, like, the way at least I brought it up, I noticed that sometimes I frame many paths as, like, people feel excluded from other meetings, so they come to us. Mm-hmm. And I've decided I need to stop framing it that way because that, all that does is kind of make this more of a divide. Like, you know, there's no one that you don't have to choose that you're going to like this many paths meeting that's that doesn't have prayer or go to other meetings. It shouldn't be like that because there actually is like a lot of people from my experience. I'm someone who only joined the community through many paths like Mm -hmm. that really got me into it to be like, oh, this meeting looks good. I probably wasn't about to go into a church until I went to many paths and started. And then I started going to other meetings. And I think that's true of a lot of people. So I think I'd rather focus on that aspect instead of the aspect like, oh, someone couldn't stand the other meeting and they went here. Right. Um, even if there's some truth to that, that sounds more like we're stealing away members or we're like trying to promote some agenda. I think there was some feeling at, uh, within our district, not by everyone, but by mm-hmm. some people that many pasts had like a very specific agenda than they were promoting it. And it was mm-hmm. different than whatever AA's agenda was, which is really where agendas are the same. is like to not take a drink. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there was a time uh, not that long ago when, um, you know, it, it was difficult for a gay person to go to a meeting and be able to share his or her experience um, as a gay person in AA. Um, and so they formed groups um, with, with other um, people uh, like them. And there was a reason for it, and there was a need for it because of the the um, lack of acceptance, I guess you might want to say, um, within um, the broader society for um, gays and lesbians. So they had their own special purpose groups, and I think that there was a reason for that and a need for it. And there could be a similar need now for people who prefer to not have to um, pray at an AA meeting, you know, um, who, who prefer kind of a secular worldview. And I think that that um, the gay group served a purpose um, and brought more people into the fellowship that probably might not have otherwise. And I think that our groups are doing the same. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness. So, I, you know, I, had, I got to have a lot of conversations with people. And a lot of times the conversation kind of degraded into is secular a part of aa which Mm. was definitely that became the main voting point like why would that's what we were why we were removed from the list um 
but I found a lot of people like they didn't they were just like, well, I don't even think Iskipaw is like, should, you know, that's it's like people really weren't sh- sure, I guess, where the special interest groups lied yeah. in the AA organization. Joe, can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Where do special special interest groups? Here was one issue that I saw yeah. at, when I was at the district meeting of uh, Ben's group. One of the things was that they they thought that secular AA was an outside entity and that the mini paths group was associated with an outside entity, but um, we feel like, no, we're just a special purpose group within AA. Yeah, that is uh, definitely a distortion of the traditions. I can tell you something that was discussed uh, today in a panel discussion about inclusivity is um, uh, they were talking about Lavinia, which is the Spanish speaking grapevine. And, um, you know, there's Spanish speaking groups all over uh, America and certainly all over Central America and South America. And um, the women's groups there, it's a very macho culture. And the women's groups are being told women's groups aren't AA. You're not AA. You can't have a Spanish speaking women's group. And uh, and again, that there, there is nothing to support that. Um, someone described the AA service manual, which includes the concepts and the traditions as being mistaken, as being prescriptive, but it's descriptive, not prescriptive, right? This is our experience. This isn't telling a group what to do. This isn't telling AA, you know, in other countries how they have to run their business. This is just how we've done it. This is what we've learned. It's suggestions. Even the traditions are are suggestions. Yeah, like you can you can break a tradition if you want to, and there's no punishment for it, right? I mean, you can. Well, you... As, as a matter of fact, I I wrote about this recently. Just depending on the timing of who's listening when or who is reading when, but um, in 1953, uh, when the traditions were fairly new, uh, Bill Wilson said to the General Service Conference. Um, uh, well, let me just read a, just a little short segment. So the 12 steps themselves were a tremendous variation, not in principle, but in the manner of stating them, because he was talking about groups in Sweden that had seven steps, not 12 steps, uh, sailors who used six steps instead of 12 steps, right? Just uh, the Buddhist groups, all these variations. And he said, these pioneering stories are now being uh, reenacted in distant lands. In one country, the steps were uh, altered in phrasing, uh, but not in principle. And so the question is, should we say you can't belong to Alcoholics Anonymous unless you use the 12 steps exactly as we have? No, these groups are merely going through the old pioneering process that we had to go through ourselves. <laughs> Like we, he says, we have a tradition that says you can ignore the traditions. <laughs> so you can't use the traditions as a way to police groups. Right. Yeah. And that was probably the second thing that was causing contention was um, like, do you follow the 12 steps? And I think uh, there was a motion that was made last month that got struck out actually this month. That was very vague. And it was like. District won't financially support any group that doesn't follow the 12 steps. And they decided to nix that because of a technicality like, oh, it wasn't on new business. But I think it was more like (laughs) they weren't really sure what that motion meant. And we weren't sure either. And we brought it up. But if it had had to gone through, I was going to read that. And and I think but 
more about less about motions, but more about how people feel about our group. There was just, I think, a lot of worry that we like had an alternative list of steps that we read from. And the reality is we just don't read the 12 steps at the beginning. Right. It's just not part of our opening uh, like little ceremony. And there was a moment where we had a 12 step study where we would read the original step. And then like, you know, in someone sharing their experience, strength and hope, they would probably go through their interpretations and like mm-hmm. pull from some resources because there are a really like the little book, mm-hmm. a lot of like really good resources that, or like rewordings, reimaginings, ways to think about. That for me, I view them as like, you know, you read a lot of, like you can read blog posts about each step. Right. That's not any different than <laughs> alternative wordings. But the people, um, when they heard about many paths, they kind of felt like, oh, they are rewriting this, uh, the stuff that's been working since the 30s. So, <laughs> and so we tried to bring that up that like the providing examples of alternative versions of the steps was just um like a way to help reach people and i think that helps people understand but i think just even the word the phrasing alternative steps is like a, a great way to grind people's gears uh-huh. um the, the other thing i learned from someone's shared district was that it felt to them that we're, we're constantly billing ourselves as like more tolerant and that was <laughs> feeling like they were throwing flack at other groups for being not tolerant and i actually thought that was an an interesting point and like maybe i i do feel like we're more tolerant but maybe i need to be careful about how i use that word because i think to them at least it felt like we were coming in barging in being like we're more tolerant and also we're changing all these things and we're <laughs> and so that that doesn't feel tolerant to them and like you know you know to them it, it, funnily enough i think it felt like we were somehow making a statement on how they ran their groups uh, right. And it's like saying uh, secular groups are the non-religious AA groups. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's like, but AA isn't religious. So yeah. so people are like, why do you feel like you have to do that? And it ends up with this bad taste in their mouth. And so that was one of the, the things I learned was that I I just need to be kind of careful with like how I like explain what the group is and. And that it's and it was just trickier than I thought to be like really open about how our group works because I think that's where most of this started was with like um just confusion and some misinformation and and it ended up with like hurt feelings and um a lot more like painfulness that we didn't really have to go through mm-hmm. but you know I think we learned I think everyone in the district learned from it and it's basically resolved we're not on the secular a meeting list which is something that we like kind of feel hmm like we don't see a problem with being on it but yeah but and the there isn't least... a problem with being on that because yeah. even if there was a tradition that aa meetings can't be on like some churches list the aa meetings in their building that's right. on their monthly newsletter right yeah <laughs> uh, and and that's a personal choice for an AA group to do or not do. The traditions are not rules, and they are just the wisdom of the ages, and you can use them or sort of acknowledge them and ignore them. You can break your anonymity, and you're still an AA member the next day. <laughs> uh, you know, there's consequences for that, but their expulsion isn't one of them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I learned from this is because a lot of times I – kind of tried to be like well 
here is something Bill W. said that supports us. And I realized sometimes the way I read those sort of things was like, well, I'm right. So therefore, you should vote us back on the list. And I realized that that doesn't actually convince people just because I think I'm right. Or it, it might even have to do with the tone. I think multiple times people thought I was sort of lawyering them. <laughs> and um, everybody can pull out their own Bill W. quote. They can yeah, pull out their but, 1935 Bill W. or their 1967 Bill W. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I just learned that, like, that that wasn't going to get me um, what I wanted. Yeah. And that was an interesting experience. The other thing I wanted to bring up, this is another thing that came up, is we have a Facebook page. Oh, it's yeah. not a Facebook group. It's a little, if you, you search for many paths, mm-hmm. AA, and it it literally just has like our date and our time and our location. But I know that right now even the greater AA organization isn't really sure how social media fits into this radio news and print uh-huh. like tradition. I don't think they've really made a comment on it. But a lot of people were mad at us for having a Facebook page. And if you go to Facebook, there's lots of AA groups have Facebook pages. Right. We're the only one in our district that has a Facebook page. So we sort of felt like, well, they can make a Facebook page if they want. And in the end, we that just kind of got dropped because the truth of the matter is like everyone was really tired. This is this is like a four month long thing. So everyone was really tired of the district meetings only being about this. Right. And I and I think like that's what finally made it be like, well, you know, let's put, put many paths back on the district meeting list. You know, seems like they care. <laughs> and so maybe we should just do that. But that was never really resolved. The Facebook page thing. I'm kind of interested. What, what do you both think about Facebook and Hey, like, where does it fit in? I'll let Joe answer that. Well, you discovered something uh, that uh, I learned, and that is that you can't reason a person out of a position they've come to emotionally. And it is an emotional feeling that is secular AA going to somehow water down AA or corrupt our core message and it, it and it's unfamiliar to me, so I am resistant to it and I feel threatened. But nobody talks like that. They say, well, you're doing this and, and I haven't seen that before, so it must be against the rules. So there's what people say and what people are saying. And my experience has been the only way to sort of win them over is to go to the district meeting, get on the committees, work in CPC, go into the institutions, uh, help out with the, uh, you know, whatever local info AA day or uh, be the registrar for the district or uh, volunteer to, you know, and when you're working side by side with helping other alcoholics find AA, you forget about what the other person believes or what meeting they go to or any of that stuff. And everyone becomes us. It's not, there's no more us and them. So it's, it, it, you know, just keep going to the district, just keep being active, but th- there are no rules to be broken because AA has no rules. AA membership and a group's right to be a group is not granted by the General Service Conference. It's an inalienable right. You're a group yeah. if you say you're a group. And I yeah. think that brings me back to the first thing I realized, which was that many paths two other people felt like a separate thing. And that mm-hmm. was where this all came from. And so hopefully uh, we can just do more things that, well, I think going to district is one of those. And I went to the area meeting for the first time mm-hmm. good. and that was uh, very good. Um, and so I hope to do that and just make 
Uh, and at the very least, this whole thing, we are more people do know about us in this town now. Yeah. Uh, like we're so that could help in this thing where I'm realizing we need to exist more in the community. Yeah. Hopefully, we can exist in the community in a way that isn't so drama filled, <laughs> and so some more chill ways. Like, oh, we show up to, uh, you know, Soberfest. It's an event that is in October. Like, you know, I should as GSR, I should hype up those sort of events. Yeah. And, um, well, something I would say about the Facebook page and also about having your your group's own website is um, at one time, I remember you could go to the white pages in the phone book and you could look up all the different um, AA groups in the phone book. Oh. And they were all used to, they all had, a lot of them in here in Kansas City anyway, they had their, we had the central office phone number, but each group would have its own phone number listed in the phone book and you could call the group from the phone book. Well, people don't use the phone book anymore. They, um, they use the internet to find things. And so... You know, our group, you know, we have a website and we have a Facebook page and it helps us because um, if someone is looking for a, a meeting that is um, like targeted to secular people, atheists or agnostics, they're going to search for atheist AA or agnostic in AA and they're going to do it through Google and they're going to find us either on our own website or they're going to search us on Facebook and that's how they find us. They're not going to find us from our district um, meeting directory, and they're not going to find us from our central office directory because the central office and the district they don't they don't have like little you know um, designations for us as a secular group you know, and so they're not going to find us that way. So that's that's one reason that we do that, and it works really well for us. And I think other groups, just like they used to be in the phone book, they can be on Facebook or, or whatever. But Ben and Joe, here's something that I found yeah. really, really interesting when I was at Ben's district meeting. Okay. At that time, they were off the meeting list. Okay. And actually, yeah, they were off the, they were, they were thrown off the meeting list, but they were put back on when, when, um, they, when many past said that they'd be, they'd take off the, go off the secular AA website. But what happened was they were put back on without the, the district voting on it again. So everybody was really upset about that. And um, a couple of people, this is what I found really interesting. The big, the big bone of contention was that secular AA um, is, is separate from AA itself and that the group was affiliated with an outside enterprise. So um, people from the district called GSO to ask, hey, is secular AA affiliated with um, Alcoholics Anonymous? And of course, GSO said no, right? <laughs> and well, so, that's what the people said, but... I think I don't know if I there's a little bit of telephone going on it's like actually telephone the game where things because they also said things like 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 secular is a nonprofit and therefore it's 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 a it's an organ it's like if you have a bank account as a many as an AA group you're probably listed as a nonprofit like right. being a nonprofit so I don't know if they GSO really said that maybe well, I but I don't know what do you do, think? I think what they do Ben is they don't make any sort of commitment they did the same mm. thing in toronto like when someone called you know they won't they won't give their they won't they won't they don't want to get involved in any controversy so they say oh we don't really affiliate with anybody so it's like if you could call you could call and say hey is gala affiliated with you do you recognize gala as um a, an aa entity they wouldn't really commit or say anything about mm. it now i think that that's a shortcoming because um, it's possible for a district to discriminate against a group because they are agnostic, right? And and you can't discriminate hmm. against people in AA or anywhere else. It's against, it's it's against their civil rights. But 
Um, GSO, by not sharing their actual experience, they're setting themselves up for, for trouble because what they should have done, in my opinion, they should have said, oh, yeah, it's perfectly fine for them to be on that, that website listed. Other groups are listed there. Our experience is that agnostic groups have been around since 1975. The secularaa.org website, they actually have a group number. They contribute to GSO, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why GSO doesn't just give the straight, you know, experience. Joe, do you have any opinion why they don't do that? Because I think it's wrong. I think that that's setting them up for um, trouble. Well, uh, I mean, it depends who you're talking to. And especially when they're getting, I called them, they said this. Well, what else did they say without hearing the whole story? (laughs) Because, of course, uh, AA doesn't grant secular AA the right to identify Right. Because they don't have to. Uh, And they aren't affiliated with it in any way because they don't have to. But if you look in box four, five, nine, which is the general service office news and notes every quarter, they uh, advertise in the calendar the International Conference of Secular AA, just like any other AA conference, gay and lesbian, young people's or regional form, or all of those things are all in the calendar. I did notice, though, at the bottom of the calendar, there's a footnote that says, Mm -hmm. all of these events Mm -hmm. are listed as a service and a resource, and not necessarily an endorsement. So they have like a little loophole for themselves, which I can understand. They don't, they, they would rather have the event there, like, so people know about it, than like get into an argument. Mm -hmm. So let's just put the footnote. So it's interesting. I do think that you're right. They just really want to, like, not step on people's toes. And I'm glad that they listed it. It's like, like uh, because general service doesn't govern groups or members. It serves them. So when we want their opinion, we give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't the other way around. No, no matter what happens at the general service conference, they spend a whole week doing AA's business. Uh, and they might add a pamphlet. They might, you know, change the wording and some of the literature, but there's nothing they do there that imposes any obligation on the groups or the members to uh, follow their lead. You know, maybe people people don't get that. Maybe I don't get that, that, you know, if I call GSO and ask them, hey, can, can a group do this or that? I guess they're not, they're, they're saying the group tells us what to do, basically. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so well, one GSO doesn't learned... give their blessings on anything. When we were off the meeting list, um, someone from the district like over was like, did you know that the districts aren't necessarily by geography? So you could be on our district, in our district, not just on our meeting list. If you really want to, you could join our district, really? like the neighboring district. And I was like, really? And they're like, yep, you can do that. That's so, so think, nice. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a really yeah, nice like, mm-hmm. like uh, thing to reach out. You can do that. Oh. I didn't know that. I thought they were, <laughs> I thought they were like congressional districts or something, but you can just be in whatever district you want. I mean, this is just what one person told me, um, but I, I thought it was a novel idea. Like, <laughs> oh, you don't want us then. And that was the other thing. Even though we weren't on the meeting list, like, we'd still be part of the district. Like, so we'd be calling the things and voting. Because my area doesn't have an intergroup. It's just all done by the district. There's no, like, one group doing the meeting list and one group doing, like, financial stuff. So well, that's what really surprised me, too, that it did come from a district. I can see intergroups kind of doing doing things that are kind of... You know, they're not when they're not thinking. But I was really surprised that a district that's part of the general service structure would do something like that. Um, just thought, wow, that was just not not my experience anyway. But yeah. And I think 
it also um i'm from this like liberal college town but surrounding it is more rural and more traditional and so the district includes all of that and so i think that even though perhaps my little town in urbana was used to many paths it was kind of a surprise to some of the other groups i think the the end result is positive so i'm really glad that i can get on this podcast and and not feel bitter or not feel oh. like oh, something's hanging in the air still. Um, yeah, I think it was you, a learning You did experience. such a good job, too. You endorsed both. I was really proud of both of you and how you were just so calm and how you were accommodating and you were just saying, hey, we want to be part of the district. And I thought you guys were just the perfect diplomats and the perfect representatives for you know, our community. I think you guys did a really good job. And I agree with Joe. It's been my experience too, that, you know, when you, when you go and you start working with these people, you go to area and so forth, you get to make friends with these people. And there's a little bit more trust and acceptance for you. And they won't feel threatened because it's probably they do see you as something new and different. Um, and they, that's how they saw me and my group. You know, when, when we first started going to area and district, we, they thought we were a little bit different and they were, there was some concern about us. But now, you know, we're old hat, you know, we're just, we're just, uh, they're happy to see us and we're just friends and we do things together. So, yeah. And I say like, you know, I learned that it was just as easy for me to take this personally and get my nose bent out of shape um, mm-hmm. than it, as it was for, I think, everyone else. Yeah. So, uh, so perhaps it was good that it maybe it was a little drawn out <laughs> mm-hmm. and that I had a month break in between each of the district meetings to kind of think about it. Um, it did at first really, it was kind of an, a surprise to me and I felt kind of disconnected from my own community where I was like, wait, like I thought, um, AA was like my community and I had to go through a little bit of at first just being like, well, maybe it's many paths that is my community a little more now excited about like, I need to reach out to the rest of the AA community and, um, yeah, I need to do that. That's, that's maybe what I've realized is if I don't feel quite like it's my community it's my job to bridge that gap yeah yeah it's good you know you're you're kind of you're helping enlighten people about you know what you know the experiences in alcoholics anonymous and today you know what what's going on because there's a lot of our groups out and about and you know you just happen to be in urbana and there's groups all over the world now uh, for us yes and we eventually want to get back on that secular a website but we're going to give it and everyone in our district and ourselves some time to just yeah, breathe. That's probably smart. Because we're really tired of it's like the meeting topic at my meeting yeah. for a little while. So we're 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 ready to focus on uh the staying sober part instead of the like yeah, more thinking. Get out of point. the politics, get into the recovery. Yeah, uh-huh. That's exactly what I and it's not just me, I think my group too. And it's been interesting being GSR because it hasn't been boring. <laughs> it's no. been like trying to figure out like, you know, when we had the Facebook page up, I was like, let's take it down. I don't I don't like Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, Facebook groups. All these people that have secret groups on Facebook with right. uh, AA. And I'm like, that's not really secret. Facebook knows that. But but then I realized that my home group. They they weren't on the district meeting list. They weren't on the second meeting list. The, the Facebook was like the only thing they had left. Right. So they were really adamant. They were like, "No." It's like, "Okay, if that's what my group thinks, then I'm I'm convinced." So, Joe, what are you doing at the regional forum? What's going on over there? Well, you know, uh, the general service office puts these on every two years. There are five regions in the U.S. and two regions in Canada, and um, you know, AA isn't run in an ivory tower. 
they they go to these regional forums. It, it, it's free for anyone to attend. You know, it's largely GSRs and, you know, delegates and, you know, area committees and all that. But any member of AA is welcome. And they're discussing, well, here's what's going on in AA right now. Here's where our money things are. And here's what our money problems are. And here's what we're thinking of doing. And what do you think? And what are your local problems? And how are you dealing with it? So they're getting a feel for the room. And um, just uh, I think it's very important as we were talking about here, for secular AA groups to be part of the larger AA conversation. And we just also happen to have our international conference of secular AA t-shirts on. And uh-huh. we also happen to have some postcards and buttons along. So, uh, you know, it's a little outreach. Is there any talk about the last general service conference at the forum? Oh, yeah. 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 It just got started and there's going to be more talk of that. Um, Yeah. So it's uh, it'll be interesting more about that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben, I'm glad that things have worked out for you and your group. Um, It's a wonderful group, by the way. I love my visit out there and uh, we'll be great to have you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We'll have you back again sometime. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Ben, are you coming to Toronto? Um, I don't think I can. I'm playing a gig at a uh, music festival, which is exciting because I've never done Oh, nice. Yeah. A business first, for sure. Uh, uh, John and I are going to do our best to uh, uh, broadcast some of the uh, conference on Facebook or something and uh, get the uh, recordings up as fast as we can so we can share what's going on in Toronto with people uh, very quickly. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. We are trying to send Doris there. So yeah. Uh, yeah. so I think she'll be there to report on many paths. And well, tell her I said she has to go. Yeah, it's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's part of her job. You can explain that to her family and her job and her other commitments. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank you too. Been great talking to you both. And that concludes this episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again real soon.